I want to open us with prayer this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you once again for giving us the opportunity to be in the presence of your house, Lord, with God's people. Uh, we pray that you be with the service this morning, Lord, and the second service as well. We pray that you be with everybody here. We know that we're all here for a reason. We pray that you touch our hearts and let us speak it out through our minds so we can go out and serve you. I just pray that you be with everybody this week. Just uh, bring us back to this morning time, Lord. Just watch over, protect us, and forgive us for our many sins. All these things we ask in your holy and precious name. Amen. Good morning again. I know everybody's looking at the bulletin, looking up, going, that's not Chris Clayton. <clears throat> Chris had done it for the past two weeks. He said last week he needed a relief. <laughs> uh, opportunities for this week. Of course, service this morning, uh, Sunday school afterwards. Encourage everyone to attend our fellowship with donuts, coffee. Youth will meet tonight at 6. Awanas also at 6. We do have a deacons meeting tonight at 7. Monday night is our exercise class in the women's prayer group. Tuesday, the Steadfast Love Bible Study. Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Praise and Worship Choir, KIP, Adult Choir Practice. This coming Thursday night is exercise. Friday night, the men's softball at Bushy Fort. And next Saturday, we're looking for some volunteers to help with a handyman project. That would be at Ms. Liz Coles. Also, the last, the mission project that the GHRAs and mission friends have been doing to support Stephanie Gillum as she goes to Guatemala, that comes up at the end of this month with the water bottles. If you have brought them, there are boxes at the exits that you can place them in. If not, uh, we'll still collect through next week. The, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday night will be our conclusion to this year for the GAs, RAs, Mission Friends, and we will be doing a pizza party and the Pinewood Derby. We encourage all to come. And if you have a child or grandchild or anyone you know that's graduated from high school or college, please let Fran know. So we will be having upcoming recognition for their achievements. For our prayer list this morning, uh, Chris made me aware that Billy Brooks passed away this morning. Are there others that you would like to mention to be added to our prayer list? Daryl Long. Long. Are there others? Anyone else? Okay. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Father, as we've come into your house of worship this morning, Father, our prayers would be that we've come in with open hearts, open minds, and Father, we're looking and seeking to hear that word. Father, for those that have been mentioned on a prayer list this morning, Father, we do realize that you know their needs, and Father, you are there with them. But we also commanded in our prayers to lift them up to you. Father, we lift up these individuals. Father, that they too will feel your presence and know that you are there to comfort them and to be with them, to heal them. Father, we look at Theresa Baptist Church and the future you have for us. Father, we know that the transition team is, is moving forward. The names have been committed, submitted. And Father, we know just as the video last week, we are the somebodies, the nobodies, the everybody's. And, Father, we represent you. We re represent our church. 
And Father, we just ask for the prayers as we move forward. Be with the men and women that are in our military. Father, for those that are away from home. And Father, be with the families that support those people in the, in the military. Father, we lift up to you Stephanie Gillum as she prepares for her journey. Father, through our prayers and our support, this makes it possible for her. Father, we just ask that your will will be done with this special young lady. Father, now as we go through this service, again, Father, we know your presence is in the room. Father, be with us, lead us, and guide us, and let us do your will. In the Lord's name, we pray. Amen. If we will, let's read the verse of the month, and we'll read this together. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite in my heart to fear your name. All right, children's moment. Children, come on down, please.
was unconditional, and he loves each of us, and we all have the opportunity to go to heaven. Do y'all understand what I'm coming, what I'm saying? We accept Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, we get to go to heaven. And other people who also accept Jesus Christ get to go to heaven. We all have that right, regardless of if we accept Jesus when we're five or we accept Jesus when we're sixty. Jesus loves the Father and His love is unconditional. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace that gives us everlasting life. In spite of what we deserve, you love us. We ask us in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. We have worship and song, hymn number 550, Footsteps of Jesus. I don't know who's leading. <laughs> I got Chris. <laughs>
I think we probably have some people here who would like to preach today. I mean, I've already done half a day's work here with these guys. Look at them. They're wore out. Don't you think they're wore out? But I'm going to tell you, just look at their smiles. It was all right, wasn't it? What a day, what a day that will be. And we're going to fly away one of these days, too. Amen. We're going to fly away one of these days. Aren't we? Amen. Is that all right, my brother? We're going to fly away. I want to do something today. And uh, I do want to talk to you about, out of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, talking about turning the lights on and passing the salt. Years ago, actually I was still in seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, and I had the opportunity of preaching several revivals that year all over the area, uh, Missouri, Nebraska, Kansas, uh, uh, Iowa, Illinois. I mean, it was just all over the Midwest. And uh, I really appreciated that opportunity. But I was preaching in uh, a little town right between uh, Indiana and in Illinois, right along the, the line. And, uh, you know, on one side, it was daylight saving time. On the other side of the bridge, it was regular time. So it's kind of like created some anxiety there at that time. But anyway, God led me to preach a sermon entitled, Turn the Lights On and Pass the Salt. Lo and behold, I got to doing some research the other day whenever God told me, he said, this is what I would like for you to lead uh, at Th Theresa. And I got to looking, and I've never seen so many sermons entitled that same uh, message. So, you know, that just confirmed to me that it was okay. You know, all these years, and uh, I've probably not preached it, but one t other time in all these years. Friday night, I was honored and blessed and privileged. I was at uh, Winston-Salem at... Uh, the Baptist College there, and my son graduated, walked across the, the stage as a graduate, and I was proud of him, and I know that many of you are proud, and in fact, graduation is going to be here pretty soon, and we'll be saying some things about that uh, as that time approaches. But the man who was the keynote speaker started off with a a little joke, and probably some of you have heard before, but I thought it was very appropriate and would maybe be appreciated by you. But anyway, he talked about in Texas, and everything is big in Texas, by the way, and so uh, this rich oil man, probably one of the richest of Texas, had a farm. Not only the oil, but he also had a big farm. No telling how many... Uh, thousands or miles, you know, in that area of the country, they measure your acreage by miles. I mean, you say a mile that way, this way, this way. That, I mean, anywhere past the Mississippi River, a lot of those big fields are measured in miles. And uh, they may have a, a dirt, little dirt road around those 
uh, measures. But there's no telling how many miles of acres that this man had. And one day he uh, decided he would throw a party for a bunch of, uh, actually they were high school kids, but then there's some elementary kids came along and then some, uh, those earlier kids from uh, their smaller sisters and brothers were there. And they enjoyed that party. What a, a joy to be here in the millionaire's place. He was so accommodating. It was such a blessing to be there. And he was walking around among them and all just in, excited and, and being blessed. And he said, I have something that I want to do. I didn't tell anyone this, but today I have decided to give away a gift to someone. And I have been doing this for years, ever since I've owned this property and become this wealthy man. He said, if anyone could do this, I would give them, and I'm going to name the three things that he would give. Out in his yard was a beautiful swimming pool, a beautiful swimming pool. And it was loaded with alligators. And so over the years, he loved alligators. And over the years, he had said, if anyone could swim across to the other side in that pool, he would give them First of all, he said, I will give them my total ranch. I'll give them every bit of it, everything that goes with it. Second of all, if they don't want that, I will give them millions of dollars. And I'll peel it out in cash to them. Then thirdly, he says, I have a young daughter and who is at the age of marriage. And I will give her hand to a young guy that would swim across that pool. And about that time, he heard a splash behind him. And before he could turn around good, a young guy was already standing on the other side of that pool. And so this was a surprise to the millionaire. He didn't see what took place. And he said to the young guy, he said, I'm good to my promise. I will give you what I said that I would. You have to choose from one of the three. Which would you have chosen? That would have been kind of hard, wouldn't it? And the young guy listened as the millionaire or the billionaire, multi-billionaire again said, Do you want my daughter? Do you want the millions and billions? Or do you want my total Ranch, what is your wish? And to his surprise, he said, I wish I knew who pushed me in. <laughs> I thought you would appreciate that. Sometimes we need to be pushed in, don't we? I mean, really, sometimes we need to be pushed in. And uh, we probably would never swim across that alligator pool. But <laughs> who pushed me in? All right. I want to ask you something this morning as we, and we're going to be reading scriptures in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus has been already talking to the people about the uh, Beatitudes, and then he moves into the salt and the light. In other words, he's, he's moving into now what you and I as people of God are to be, 
Jesus, right off at the very beginning of His ministry, said, this is what you are going to be. And then basically the rest of that sermon, right on through several chapters, is going to be telling us how to be salt and light. That's really what He's doing. And if you'll examine the rest, you'll find that. Now I want to ask you something this morning. The reason I'm having this mic today Uh, I want to ask you a question, and I would like to have some answers, and you don't have to be too long with these answers today. Who brought you here? Who brought you here? Not necessarily this morning, and if it's your first time, then you might would answer that. Who brought you here? But who brought you to church? Who brought you here? To the kingdom of God. We know that God did. He saved you. But who had a part of that? Who was the main person that brought you here today? Who would be so, uh, or who would take the dare and jump into the uh, alligators? I'm not going to question you any further about it. And and you just say, this is what, this person or this is what brought me. Or it might be something about Theresa church that brought you here who would do that i i I just want to come to you who would yes okay all right if you'll just take that mic my daughter madeline what about madeline i mean would you um we were methodist and um we decided to join a baptist church and she wanted to get baptized and um in order to join the join the church we had to be baptized and so um you know, growing up Methodist, I really didn't know, think about that that was really necessary. Um, but anyway, um, she convinced me to be baptized, and things changed after that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. Her daughter. Who who else would tell me? What, what brought you here? Who brought you here? Yes, okay. My mama. Amen. Well, what'd she do? She, I mean, she didn't beat you or anything like no. that. <laughs> She was a Sunday school teacher, and she just, she brought me <laughs> ever since I was little, and then daddy. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all. Who else would like to do this? Who brought you to church? Who brought you maybe into the kingdom? Who brought you? Now, I'm, I'm going to come to some. If it, have you ever been? Okay, I got one back here. I'll tell you that after I get through with this one. Dale and Chris Clayton brought me this morning on the way stage swing to church. Amen. Amen. So, a friend and a deacon. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Who else? Now, have you ever been to an auction? Have you ever been to an auction before? I know you have. You like, I love auctions. But now, you have to be careful. I have bought something because I touched my eyebrow. Can you tell us what brought you to church? A preacher. I can't hardly talk today. Uh, I was raised in church at a Methodist, also my mom. My dad did not attend regular, but he made sure that I came every Sunday. And the way, um, and I was just raised there and um, came to know my Lord and Savior. Actually, I thought I was saved many, many years ago. And then I realized in my later years that um, 
I needed to um, rededicate my life. And um, I was Methodist, and then uh, I ended up here at Theresa Baptist Church by an invitation from Keith Fox and to attend our, because we had some changes going on in our church, and um, I'm thankful to be here, but I'm more thankful to be a child of God. Thank you. I hope I didn't. I, I mean, you came so natural by touching your... <laughs> but it was God. That was a God thing. Thank you. That's actually what I'm, I'm, I'm liking to hear. Who else, who else would like to say, this is what brought me to church. This is what brought me to church. This is what brought me to church. What brought you to church? Uh-oh, you showed a sign. What brought you, Brother Iron? Herbert, yeah. The Herbert, pastor. yeah, Herbert. And Helen. And Helen. His wife, Helen, praying for him okay. to come to church. Wife praying and the pastor. Yeah. This is what I want to see. Who brought you to church? Papa. Amen. <laughs> and you love Papa, don't you? Amen. Amen. A couple of more that you would like, anyone that would like to uh, say. Oh, okay. Look, I came to church when I was like five or six years old. My mom didn't bother me, but as I got older, they quit coming to church, and we lived over here behind the golf course, and I walked to church every Sunday morning. When young people were wearing high heel shoes, they had pulled my shoes off, come barefooted, <laughs> so I could get here and put them on and got back into here. I've been coming to church all my life, and so I uh, just enjoyed being and so what brought you, what you brought you initially? My mom and daddy Amen. came, okay. they quit coming, so I just walked to church myself across the golf course. Initially they brought you, but then the Holy Spirit was pulling. Right. I assume the church was had something to offer you. Right. That, that, exactly. Okay, great. <laughs> Amen. 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 Okay. My parents, I was raised in a Christian home, and to see my parents pray and kneel and ask us to, it, it's always implanted a spirit of the Lord. But I became a Christian in spring revival of 1959, and I've had to uh, feed on the spirit ever since. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Let's see. So for myself, it was my mom. She took us Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night service at Rock Road Baptist Church. And at that time, it's when I met Barbara Soup, who's a member here at Theresa now. She's not present today. She has a grandson in the choir. Uh, but Barbara taught us children from first grade to sixth grade. And then from there, that's what led us to Christ, me, my brothers, and sisters. From there, we taught Sunday school. Then when our kids become of age, Susan and I felt the need that we need spiritual growth. And that's when we were looking for Sunday school, and we started coming to Theresa. Her parents were here, started attending Vicki Hubbard's Sunday school class, and that's what really, I won't say, pushed us over the top. From there, we realized what it was about Sunday school, how important Sunday school was, and when we built our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Amen. Praise God. Who else is going to give a sign? <laughs> or who do I have to look at with a sign? 
Anybody in the choir give a sign? Jeff, I believe you gave one. I, 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 you, I, I said, I'll, one more, two more, three. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, my mom and dad were Christians also, and they took me to church as a, as a young fellow. Um, my grandparents were primitive Baptists, and I used to go with them to the primitive Baptist church a lot of Sunday mornings. Every once in a while, the big meeting on Sunday, once a year. Man, we had some food. <laughs> but um, over the years, I have kind of drifted in and out, so to speak. But uh, a few years ago, I felt the Lord himself tugging at me, as I've told a lot of people, on a golf course of all places on a Sunday morning. And he drove me off that golf course and back into church. Well, let, let me tell you, and I'm not trying to prolong this, uh, but I hope that you start get, gathering, and I saw you wink too, brother. So I'm going to, you, you, you bought it. Did I buy it? You bought it. <laughs> well, I really, I've been, like some of them say, they've been in church all their lives. I guess mother was, I'm sure she was ahead of it. And, uh, but she was one behind her stick that used to get me here. And, uh, I've been blessed ever since with the church. Amen. Amen, and, uh, brother. Looking Amen. forward to be blessed more. <laughs> Amen. I'm not trying to take that away from you. I thought, uh, well, you could hold it if you wanted to. It would be all right me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. The Lord has been good to me. Amen. Amen. Would there be another who would like to share this? Okay. Amen. Well, I was coming before I was born because mom was been in this church. She was, her dad was one of the first deacons ever in this church. And so um, he's my brother and we're sisters and brothers and in-laws and all. But uh, we've all come except one. She's out of town, lives out of town. She was married to a minister, but we've always been in church all our lives. God has been good to all of us. Family. You, you, you talk about the family, the mom and that brought. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Anyone else? I believe you gave a... Who brought you to church? You gave a sign. <laughs> uh, well, me and my family, we didn't start coming here until um, about four and a half years ago. Um, Norman Dean Kutcher brought us here, and we've been coming here ever since. And next time I'm not going to blink. <laughs> but you know what? Thank you for that testimony. Thank you for, I hope I didn't embarrass you, but thank you. That, that's what I want to hear. That's what I'm wanting. To, I want the congregation to hear. This is what brought me, because you see, this is what salt and light is. This is what keeps the kingdom process. God uses you and me as salt and light. And I'm hearing that family are very important. I'm hearing that leaders in the congregation is very important. I'm hearing that people of God in general are very important in His kingdom. We don't save. We don't convict. But it's because of the love of someone, the mom, 
whom they took us. And maybe we didn't want to sometime, but we came anyway. I, 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 I saw a... You winked there, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, my parents brought me to church to start with, and then, you know, I probably got away from church a little bit, and then I started dating Vicky, and to date, we kind of had to come to church, and then... <laughs> Through being in church with her, her parents, and my parents, and then we had kids, and it's just the right thing to do, and the Lord was leading us to be here at those times. Amen. Amen. And now I'm hearing, now it's a godly spouse. And I've heard some testimonies from some of you already on the side that it was a godly spouse that really got me and in. All right, who, would, who else would like to share with us what brought you to church? What brought you to church? And again, it was family that had been in church to love the Lord. That's how important that home is, isn't it? That home, we're not perfect, but home is where the light and salt that God's talking about is working. Your Randolph Scott here, I, I, te- I tease him a whole lot, and he does. But he, oh, you don't think he is? <laughs> and I, I pick on him a lot. I do. I appreciate him. I appreciate you getting pick on him. Okay. Okay. Not always right, but when she is, like, okay. <laughs> All right. We do need laughs, and thank you. That again is part of the salt and light. We're not just serious, you know. Just how would you say it? Stuck in the wool. Church is something that's alive, isn't it? And we're salt and light. We're we're shining. We're shining. And, uh, brother, I believe you uh, was pointing at a scripture there. What, what brought you to church? Uh, my mama. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Good mom. Too. Yes, sir. Amen. And I saw you uh, looking at the scriptures there, and that's exactly, she taught you that, didn't she? Yes, Thank you, brother. I appreciate that, really. Any other? Any other? All right, I'm not, like I'm saying, we're not going to take all the time here, but we're going to uh, get out of here maybe by the second service. It's time to over. No, we're not. You'll be surprised. We, I might be surprised too. All right, brother, you can turn this mic off. Let me read the scriptures because that's very important. This is where we have our base. If we don't have this, then all we've said is in vain. And it's what we heard lived out. You know, we talk about, tell me what and how that the Bible is relevant today. This is over 2,000 years old. And then the first part of it is double that or more. And it's old. 
But yet it is relevant today for our life to, to live. And, and, it, and it's okay to, to live the Christian life. It's okay to study the Bible. It's okay to say, I'm a Christian. I'm a saved person. It's okay. And this is what Jesus is trying to help us to understand, that we are salt and life. Notice what he said uh, in chapter 5 and verse 13 following. You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor or perhaps its power, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the foot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel or a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I want to read that, and I tried to read very slowly, but I want to read that passage or that verse one more time. Listen very carefully at verse 16. Let your, that's us. We can put, when I say let your light, when I say let your light, you can say, I say let your light. You are the light and I am the light. Let your light so shine before men for everyone else that can see. Okay? They may see that light. Let it shine before men. Now, does it say who that's to shine before? It doesn't say just other Christians. It says men. Now, here, uh, men and women would be the same thing. It's not that it is a male chauvinist or Jesus is a male chauvinist and saying just men. But when he uses men here, he's talking about all people, all Christians. Let your light so shine before men. And men, again, not just necessarily all Christians, but everywhere we go, wherever you go, that they may see your works. That they will see your works. Now, what are your works? What is my works? It is what Jesus and who Jesus is in our life. And we allow that to come out. They see us. They see our laughing. They see our crying. They see us at work. They see us get aggravated. They see us and hear us even say at times things that we are ashamed of saying. We embarrass ourselves at times. They hear and see us do things that are right, then also at the same time do things that are not so right. But those things that you do that are not so right, what do you do with them? Jesus said that, that they may see your good work. He's simply helping us to understand that we try to make that right. 
first of all, with God, but then we can make it right with others that are around us. Those that we work with, those of our family, whoever that may be. Listen, let me tell you something. Your pastor is just as human as any other person in the world. I am no different than any other person. I have to let my light shine as well. And whenever I act up, I have to be forgiven. And I have to ask for You know what it does for me if I don't do that? It causes my light not to be like it ought to be. And you know why? Let me tell you something. When I act up and I don't do what is right, guess what happens? The light is not as bright. Have you ever noticed that? The light is not as bright. And what happens is as it's not as bright, I don't see things like I ought to see them. I begin to see them in my own stand, my own self. I have to have the light. And he said that I'm the light and that people could see the good works as he is the light shining through me and that I shine to the rest of the world. The salt also is a very powerful element. And I'm not going to get into all of the, uh, the putting it together and creating it and all the things of that. Uh, most of you have, uh, have a good education of how salt is made and all of that. But salt has to be salty to be usable. It can't be contaminated. It can't have a bunch of grease and a bunch of other dirty stuff in it or it loses its capacity to be as strong as it ought to be. You know as well as I what salt does. It gives flavor. I mean, I, it's hard to eat. with. And, and if you're uh, one whom the doctor says don't use salt, you know what I'm talking about. As great as I am today... It's hard to eat an egg without salt. It's hard to eat grits without salt. It's hard to eat a tomato sandwich without salt. But we have to at times, don't we? There are substitutes for it, by the way, as well. But, but, it, but it gives flavor, Job says. And Paul said that it also gives us a pure speech. It helps us to have a pure speech. Not only that, but it symbolizes, according to uh, Moses in Numbers, of keeping promises. And there were salt promises that they would make. It speaks, of Jesus said, of goodness. Salt acts as a preservative. What does it preserve? It preserves things that are dead. You say, well, how can it preserve things that are dead? It just keeps it from rotting and stinking. I remember, uh, now this is going back years ago. The younger folk would not appreciate this as much as the older. But let the younger hear that may not know about it, how that you cure country hams or other kind of meat. And we had, back in those days, we call it a smokehouse. And they used to smoke some too, but ours was a meat house and a salt house. And daddy would kill a hog and he would take the meat, the hams, and the shoulders. And I would watch him. He could sugar cure. He'd make up different things, but he would have salt in it too. 
But then he would take that into that house and it would be salt all over the table or the box. Then he would rub that salt in that dead piece of ham or shoulder. It was going to be good country ham over in the winter a little later. It was going to be delicious. And I love it. Even sometimes it would be too salty. But listen, he would turn it over and do the same. Turn it over and do the same. And he would turn it at times to be sure that it was covered in salt. Now, to make the story shorter, as a kid growing up, going to my grandparents' house, I remember the closer we got to their house, there was such a stink that we could hardly take it. I didn't know what it was. But Daddy knew immediately that Granddaddy had had lost some meat in the meat house. Oh, worms, and I don't want to be nasty, but we have to say the truth, maggots and all the other stuff had gotten to the meat. A fly had, had hatched an egg in that piece of, or on that piece of ham. Where on that ham did it do it? It did it where there was a spot that was not salty enough to keep it from happening. And it began to decay. And before he realized it, the smell came out. And he realized now that he has a piece of ham or shoulder that's gone. He goes out. They cut out a big section of it, hoping that they could save part of it. They throw that away. The dogs take it and go with it. But it is for preserving the dead. That was alive that... We killed, that became dead. It was to preserve a dead piece of meat that you could be able to eat it. Salt does not do that, but it irritates. If, I, if you don't believe that, cut yourself and put salt on it. It'll irritate and it'll sting, won't it? But it does healing and it's going to work in doing that. Now let me also help you to understand that if... We are not salty. Jesus said that we're fit for nothing but to be trodden under the foot of men. Now, what is that? I asked you a while ago how you got here. I asked you what brought you here. Many of you shared your testimonies of what, you brought, what brought you here. That was simply salt. That was simply light. Through the lives of those people that were working with you, that was the church that brought you here. The Holy Spirit was working through them. I am not going to completely finish this sermon, and I want uh, our musicians to come prepare for this song of invitation, and I want us to stand, and we're going to be singing this morning, and I want to ask you a question. Why this church, the retrust, is where it is today. 
because of Saudi and Christians that were lights. We've heard that from you. There could be folk here today that does not know Jesus as a personal Savior. Today, Jesus will give you eternal life. He'll give you a relationship. You trust in his death, burial, resurrection. Trust that the Holy Spirit is speaking and inviting you into his family. You simply respond like these folk were talking today. I felt the need. You may be here today and the Holy Spirit has done that. You are living for Him. Maybe you've never been baptized. You need to go all the way with Him. Or maybe you need to become a part of the church. Then the invitation is for you now as we sing this song of invitation. Sing our closing uh, song and then.